What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Richards, and welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. I created a hashtag for that on Twitter and everywhere else. It is hashtag BSB2L. Trying to be hip, create a hashtag for people to find it. Um, How's it going, Edward? How's it going, Jason? Welcome to the live Facebook stream, as usual. I'll be uh, doing my best to respond to comments as we go along here. Um, I tend to move pretty quickly, but I glance at the phone all the time. Um, Make sure I'm responding to you guys and getting your stories into the podcast as well, because that's what makes this thing fun. So I do have to say I I lied about last week (laughs) Uh, on the social medias. I I put out that um, I wasn't going to do a podcast, but I would put up a video later that evening or hopefully the next day. Definitely didn't happen, as you could tell. Um, I haven't put really anything out on the social media things. I've been really busy with personal life things and, you know, 4th of July, uh, vacation stuff, uh, really got in the way of things, but that's a good thing. It gave me a chance to sort of decompress and, uh, enjoy some time with friends and family. Um, so for the 4th of July, uh, yesterday, my wife and I, we ran in a 5k, it's called the firecracker 5k. And if you know me at all, you know that I don't run, <laughs> I'm more of a basketball guy. I play a lot of basketball and even like softball and things like that. But I ran in a 5K and it actually was a ton of fun. There were, uh, I want to say there was at least a thousand runners in this race. And the competitive aspect really made it interesting because, I mean, I wasn't trying to take first place. There was no way. I mean, we started in the back for a reason because we didn't, we knew we weren't going to be up there in the front. So, um, well, I guess it doesn't matter. They start your time when you cross the line anyways. Anyways, um, I had a lot of fun doing it and, you know, we almost ran the entire way. We walked a few blocks, but you know what? It was great for a first time running a 5k. Um, and I actually bought some running shoes for, <laughs> so I can try to get back into running. And, you know, I just, the way I think about it is if I can, if I can put some music on in my head, on my ear, like in some headphones or something, I can probably go a lot longer than uh, what I would have in that race. So, um, but yeah, it was a really good time. Got a free shirt out of it. Um, but later on in the, you know, after that, we took a pretty solid nap. We came home and just took a nap and showered, got ready for the day. And then we went and played vo- a lot of volleyball with some friends and family. Um, had a lot of good food, some drinks and fireworks, of course. So um, couldn't have been a better 4th of July. You know, pretty, pretty good day. Um, actually, where I'm from here in Idaho Falls, they, according to the what I don't remember the actual name, but it's like the National Pyrotechnic Association. They said that the fireworks show in Idaho Falls, Idaho, was in the top five of shows to catch this year. Um, it was nuts. I mean, it was pretty cool from where we watched it. It was so far, it was far enough away where we couldn't feel the the explosions and stuff. But they apparently had over twenty thousand different shells and seventeen thousand pounds of explosive. <laughs> um, and it was a 31 minute show and it's synchronized to music. So it's really cool. Um, and just watching the videos people have been putting up on social media has been great. Like people sitting right under the fireworks, you can feel the blast from it in the base of the speakers when, when they hit. So, um, yeah, I had a great 4th of July. hope you guys had, had a great independence day as well. Um, but let's get into talking, talking about a little sports action. Um, I've been sort of, out of the loop in terms of news and sports worlds and stuff. But, um, I, I conjured up some things that I've, I managed to glance at over the the last week or two. And I put it into 
some some content here for you guys. So first off, I'm going to start with the NFL. It probably has, hmm, yeah, it's got some decent content here. The countdown to the NFL season starting is now at 64 days. I just looked. It's like 63 days and 23 hours or something like that because kickoff is, you know, going to happen at like 7, 7 p.m. on a Thursday. So it's right at about 64 days right now. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. There's only there's some few key matchups that I want to see, like Adrian Peterson playing for the Saints and Marshawn playing for Oakland. Um, you know, seeing if the, he, they can get if he can help the Raiders get to the playoffs this year and actually execute. Hopefully Derek Carr can stay healthy. Um, you know, Titans, I want to see them do well. Um, they were in, they were contending for a playoff spot there at the end of the season. And Mark, Marcus Mariota also had a broken leg, similar, the exact same injury as Derek Carr. So I'm hoping for those two young QBs to rise up and do some good things this next season. Um, but the big news in the NFL right now is Peyton Manning is a cheater. Apparently Peyton Manning is a cheater. My Coworker and good buddy AJ from Dapper Sports, um, he he told me about this headline. I I read something about it and I thought it was fake because I didn't re- I didn't think that the news source was a very reputable source, so I didn't look into it any further. I'm like, okay, they're just pulling pe- pulling chains, you know. Uh, but AJ was telling me he read this article. Apparently, uh, one of the linemen that he used to play with um, in India- Indianapolis for the Colts sort of ratted him out on this controversial scheme that. Uh, the coaches and a few of the players were in on. So what AJ was telling me was that like Peyton Manning and a couple of the linemen were wearing hearing aids and the coach had like a microphone where he could tell Peyton Manning when to snap the ball. Cause Peyton was having a hard time hearing the snap count or uh, what was it? No, I don't know. I don't, that doesn't make any sense. Cause he's the one making the snap count, but um, there were people who were who didn't know when to snap the ball, so the coach would just tell them when. And they, apparently they did this in the first few years of Peyton Manning's career. Um, and I, it's all alleged at this point. It's not proven or anything like that. Um, I mean, I went to NFL.com to see if I could find an article about this so I could have more details. And there was literally nothing on the NFL site about Peyton Manning cheating. And if you think about it, that's to be expected. Um, they don't want to... Uh, give their company a bad reputation by targeting one of the most likable players of all time, I would argue. Peyton Manning is a good guy. I mean, like you see him in the commercials and his interviews, he's always very genuine and happy and glad to answer any questions anybody has. He's very professional. Um, And so when something comes out like this, you can't help but doubt that it's real. Um, I mean, because you don't want to think that Peyton Manning is doing that kind of stuff to get ahead of other, other teams and other players. And so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens, see, see if they find any more evidence about uh, how long he was doing it, if he was doing it, who all was involved. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because he had such a great career, won a couple championships, and one of the best quarterbacks of all time in terms of numbers and leadership. And um, actually, leadership is sort of one of the big things we're talking about today in the podcast, uh, if I remember right, anyways. You know what? I'm actually going to pull up the SoundCloud and make sure that I do have the right question for this week because it's been so long. And okay, yeah, sportsmanship was last week. So this week is leadership. That'll be what we're talking about here. Um, Jason on Facebook says he is the GOAT in my opinion. I think he is definitely up there. I mean, Tom, I'm not a firm believer in calling somebody the greatest of all time. And I still have a big article in the works about that. 
But I just think there's too many other aspects at play that determine whether I think it's more like a better team or, um, you know, it's more of a group effort than it is an individual thing. Um, and there's also all these other aspects like their the difficulty of their playing schedule, the teams they played against, um, whether the rules were the same or different at that time, uh, all different kinds of things. And, you know, also the position that they play. I feel like quarterbacks sort of have the the halo on their head because they, they get the most touches on the ball and they, they throw it, they run it, and, you know, they handle the ball. They lead the team so they get the most light, the most clout. So I don't – I think the, the term GOAT is like a – just like a buzzword or a catchphrase that people assign to somebody who's really good at what they do. And I understand that. Like, that's your way of saying like, he's my goat. He's who's, he's who I consider to be the greatest in in my opinion. And I respect that for sure. Um, But he's definitely up there. I think what I liked the most about him was his uh, ability to get up to the line and call us, call an audible on the spot. And he'd have all these different keywords like Omaha, Omaha. And (laughs) that was the big one. The last few years of his career, Um, and it's just like, he's very good at communicating in such a difficult situation. But, uh, when you know the, your, your team and your players so well, it kind of makes it a little bit easier, but he's like the ultimate leader in the NFL. You know, Tom Brady's kind of the same way, both very vocal leaders. They're very uh, intelligent football players. Um, so I honestly just hope that this, this, uh, story is not real. I want Peyton Manning to go, um, you know, live his life without this stress. And I mean, it, Obviously, he did, if he did do something wrong, then something should be done. I don't know what it would, what it would be if it was like a retroactive punishment, but you know, <sighs> dang it, Peyton Manning, don't go messing up your reputation like that, dude. I hope you didn't do that. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much like all I want to talk about for the NFL. It's sort of a controversial topic. I don't want it to be true. Um, you guys can let me know what you think in the comments. Um, but it's definitely a big story for the NFL and they should be trying to cover it up like they have on their website. So, um, but anyways, on to a little bit of baseball stuff. Um, I also don't have a lot here. I just feel like I'm in the the throes of the MLB season. I'm not really watching. I haven't watched any games. It doesn't help that I don't have cable. I usually watch them at my mother-in-law's house, but I haven't been over there lately. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't watched a lot of baseball. I know that the, the Yankees are kind of on a downturn uh, and then there's another team, the Nationals, that have been on the on the up, I think. Um, so there's that. But the thing that I'm the most excited about in baseball right now is my local team that is here now. So um, here in Idaho Falls, we have a, a I want to say it's a single A team, but it's a it's a a team that's affiliated with the Kansas City Royals. They're they're called the Idaho Falls Chuckers. Um, it's a very clever team name. I never. Like it took me a couple of years to realize that Chuckers, you know, it's a bird because I mean, that's, it also is their logo, you know, and, and, you know, Chuckers, you just think Chuck, like Chuck is another word for throw. And I, I it took me way too long to figure out that connection, <laughs> but they're back in town. Uh, they had one homestand, then they went on a, on a road trip. Well, first they had a road trip, had a homestand for like five or six games. And then they went on another road trip and then they just came back yesterday. They always play here in Idaho Falls on the 4th of July and it's always really fun. They have a fireworks show there at the stadium afterwards. And uh, they're also giving away a free jersey to the first 500 people. And at that time I was playing volleyball in the middle, in the sun. And we had this idea that maybe we would just go get a ticket, get there early, get our jersey and then leave. 
Um, but we were just too caught up playing volleyball, having too much fun. So we decided not to do that. Plus it's kind of messed up <laughs> like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay the eight bucks to get the Jersey and then dip. Um, I just think that's smart. If you want a Jersey, $8 for a Jersey, that's a steal. Um, but they're back in town. I'm hoping to catch a couple more games, um, with them in town this time. I think they're here for about five more games. I think they have another game tonight and then like four more in the next few days. So, um, but the games I did go to, I managed to cop myself some swag. Got myself the Idaho Falls Chucker flat bill hat here. Um, my wife doesn't like the flat bill, but you know what? That's what baseball players wear. I had to get the classic logo. Like, this is the coolest logo of theirs. Like, I'll try to get it close here. Oh, uh, trying to get it in the right camera. There we go. There's Idaho Falls Chucker's logo. I think it's well-designed. It's got a lot of good line hierarchy, a couple different shades in there. Quite the embroidery job, not going to lie. Uh, it's got some cat hair on it because my cats are the devil. Um, <laughs> but yeah, managed to cop myself a hat. Also bought a, a fancy polo that happens to be too small for me. So might have to exchange that for a bigger size. But I, I love to support the local team, uh, whether I'm wearing the logo or I'm going to the games. Honestly, it's so fun to just go you know, grab a beer, grab a hot dog, sit there and watch some baseball and talk to your buddies. Like it's very quiet too. It's not like, you know, baseball is not a very rowdy sport um, unless it's, you know, there's a lot of offense and not a lot of defense, but I just love going to those games and I hope to catch a couple while they're in town. Um, I'll have to check out their schedule and see what's going on. Um, and you know, at some point I would like to do a vlog about the Idaho Falls Chuckers. You know, maybe I'll go to a game and take some video, uh, take some pictures and whatnot and uh, see if I can't get an article out there into the local blog sphere. Because I've been putting out a lot of national stuff like NFL, MLB, and uh, NBA, stuff that doesn't really pertain to my area. I think it will be really cool to put out some content that has to do with Idaho Falls, um, kind of put abstract sports on the map where it started. So uh, we'll see what we can't do there. But the big part of today's podcast, I mean, I'm only 14 minutes in. And I mean, according to my, my post-production recording over here, 14 and a half minutes, but the NBA has got a lot of stuff I need to talk about. And I know our discussions at the end always go for a while. So let's just dig in NBA. It's been going crazy with uh, free agency starting up a few days ago. Um, the first, one of the first things that happened was the draft, as we all know, uh, Number one pick was, um, what's his name? Markel Fultz. Is that, is that his first name? Yeah, Markel Fultz from University of Washington. Uh, point guard. Uh, went number one in the draft. He got drafted to the, oh my goodness, I am, why am I blanking right now? The 76ers, right? Yes. Says his number one goal at the 76ers is to be a leader. And, Honestly, I haven't watched a lot of Markel Fultz. I've watched a little bit of Lonzo Ball's highlights, but that's because, you know, got to represent the purple and gold. But, you know, I, I'm pretty excited for him. You know, being a first-round pick, I, I got to be honest, though. I don't get too hyped up about the M NBA draft. I only wanted to watch it to see what kind of trades happened so I can just understand what, you know, the players that I do know in the NBA right now, who's being affected by the draft and where they're going what their season might look like next year. Um, but beyond that, I also get, I'm mostly excited with the NBA draft because you get to see these young guys. Like 
they had a record number of like 10 freshmen that went in the first round and they're like I don't I don't remember when the first senior went like usually you would think like a, a senior who's been developed for four years in college would get drafted top three top five no this year the top 10 picks were not seniors um uh Jason's asking did Carmelo Anthony go to the Cavs uh oh I just got a notification Jazz and Celtics engage on Gordon Hayward and Crowder uh, what was that? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think Carmelo Anthony's been traded to the Cavs. Um, I know there's been talks about him either going there or going to the oh, who was it? The Clippers. There's two teams in the talks. He said that he was going to waive his no trade clause if he could go to those two teams. Um, I don't. I just don't think that there's a spot for him on the Cavs roster. That would be a big switch up for them. Um, unless he decided to take a back spot, back seat. I don't know. To have Carmelo and LeBron on the same team, that would be insane. Two of the best picks, or two players from the same draft year who are top three picks, I believe. That would be interesting to see. <laughs> That's kind of like something that the Warriors have right now in KD and Harrison Barnes and Steph Curry. So, yeah, that would be pretty wild. But, no, there's a, there's a lot of young guys that come out of the NBA draft, and – I'm mostly excited to see them get the opportunity to live out their dreams as an NBA player. Um, as somebody who pursued basketball, like hoping that I could be a professional player, um, I can understand what they might be feeling. You know, that feeling of like, I finally made it. I get to sign a sign on this dotted line and I get paid so much money um, to do the thing that I love to do. And that's, I mean, that's sort of like my situation where you know, I love, I'm a graphic and web designer. I love sports. So I get to, I get to do this in my free time without any troubles and I can go to work and do the other thing that I love as well. So, um, I understand what they're feeling. It's just like they get paid a lot more and they're on the big stage. Um, and it's a big start to their life. So I get, I get excited about that kind of stuff. But speaking of people living out their dreams, how about Stephen Curry signing that 201 million dollar contract for five years that ladies and gentlemen is 40.2 million dollars a year just try to wrap your head around that i mean like you know when i'm looking at nba draft stuff i'm looking at it very objectively like oh yeah that player is that valuable he he brings enough to that organization to deserve that much money and then you step back and think about it like 40 million a year dude cut me a check to pay off my student loans seriously like donate to me i need it <laughs> like i don't think you need the 40 million <laughs> uh, jason says he could play the two or three spot yeah he he can play multiple spots he's got the post-up game he's got the long ball i'm talking about carmelo anthony again um i think it would be crazy to see those two together that would be an interesting thing to watch um it seems like in the offseason this year there have been a lot of teams trying to stack up against the warriors and the Cavs, uh vice versa and all around um, with all these players moving from smaller teams to bigger teams, it kind of paints that picture for us. So, um, but yeah, Steph Curry, five years, 201 million. That is a record, by the way. Kobe was never paid that much. MJ was never paid that much. But one thing you have to think about when, in terms of a player's pay grade is how much money is that franchise making in a year? Um, for example, when the team was bought out by the new the current owner back in 2010 um 
he bought the team for like 450 million and you know that's a lot of money you think about like 450 million could they afford paying a player for you know 40 million at that time probably not because their money was would have been stretched way too thin but from 2010 to 2017 where it is now the Golden State Warriors organization is worth 2.6 billion dollars in 7 years they quintupled the revenue and the income of their team <laughs> 450 ish to 2.6 billion that's insane but that kind of money is what gives you the ability to pay these players so much and lebron came out and said like there shouldn't be a cap on paying players um what they deserve he's like heck steph curry should be signing for 400 million this summer and not 400 yeah 400 million for five years meaning like 80 80 million a year that's just absurd like i remember kobe signed it like his last contract was for 27 million a year for, and two years in a row so 54 million over two years for one of the top 10 players to ever play that's just crazy i mean steph curry he he's very valuable the dude he made over 423 pointers last year he broke his own record by like 200. <laughs> the guy deserves something. 40 million is a lot of money. But because of that pay that he got, that payday, the Warriors are so far over their salary cap that they'll be paying more than $18 million in luxury tax. Um, I believe it's over the next year. But $18 million is like a drop in the bucket. I mean, they could pay, you know, that's that's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know where that money goes. Um, I wonder if it gets donated or if it just goes straight to the NBA so the NBA can develop things. But 18, that's a good question, actually. Um, where does the NBA luxury tax go? Ooh, it looks like somebody's already been looking for that. I have a cat in the back room that's just howling. Meow. Um, <clears throat> uh, where does it go? I'm just going to say, do a search for go on this page here. Come on. Oh, geez. 280. Holy cow. Where does the escrow and luxury tax money go? Oh, this isn't even for the NBA. What is this? Okay, it is. Dang it. (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to look that up and maybe give you guys some information next time, but Anyways, another thing the Warriors did, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm not. But they're the team you want to talk about because they have so much going on. They're probably going to be there for the next five years in the, in, in the conference finals at least. Um, but the Warriors just picked up Nick Young, a.k.a. Swaggy P, and Kelly's making an appearance. Say hello to Keltron. She just smiles and, and walks away. Um, (laughs) but I think the Warriors picking up Nick Young is mostly just a personality boost for the team. I mean, he can shoot threes. He he's swaggy. He don't, don't get me wrong. He can do it, but he's going to come off the bench and he's just a personality that can generate more headlines for a team that's already generating a ton of headlines. Um, so there's that, but I do have to say, although I'm talking about the Warriors quite a bit here, I am not interested in these big super duper teams I'm I'm more excited for the up and coming teams that could take the throne next year. And I'm I'm being very optimistic this time around. Like for example, the Philadelphia 76ers. 
they got a guy named Joel Embiid, who was a rookie of the year candidate, and he only played 30 games last season. Had to sit out most of it because of an injury. Um, they have Ben Simmons, who was the number one pick in 2016. They also just picked up Markel Fultz, number one pick in 2017. Only downside there is we haven't seen Ben Simmons or Markel Fultz play one game in the NBA, so you can't, you know, talk them up into something that we don't know yet. Um, they have to prove themselves, but they have a lot of potential in a young team like that. And Joel Embiid brings a lot of energy to that team. I look forward to seeing what they can do next year. Uh, they're calling them the the big three for the 76ers next year. And then you have the Minnesota Timberwolves. There was a big trade that happened on on draft day where, um, oh man, I don't, I don't even remember all the details, but basically the Timberwolves picked up Jimmy Butler. Um, and as you know, he's a, He's going to be a superstar. He's one of those he-can-do-everything type of guy. He can drive and score. He can shoot threes. He plays excellent defense. Um, but the the Timberwolves also still have Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is, like, one of the fastest big guys I've ever seen. Like, just watching some of his highlight reels, it's like, how can a dude that's seven foot 20,000 inches tall – go that fast like he's so quick on defense and he can dribble he can shoot threes he can do everything and i've played with him on nba 2k he's good if he's as good as his 2k player in real life man he's going places (laughs) but uh, andrew wiggins though i i love that dude he's his shoes are really cool too that's a side fact but um he's one of those young rising stars that he's he can throw down dunk over people um but he's got also a solid mid-range game um, I think he was one of those guys that looked up to Kobe quite a bit when he was when he was growing up. So I think he's got uh, all the tools in the belt. He's just got to execute a little more. Uh, but then the big big trade that just happened yesterday, everybody was waiting for the decision. Uh, Gord, Gordon Hayward decided to take his talents to Boston. And being somebody who goes to a lot of jazz games to mostly watch other teams play, um, I'm kind of upset that Gordon Hayward is leaving for the Celtics because he was the the man on that team. I mean, they had other players like uh, Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles and George Hill, but George Hill's also leaving the team. Um, Those two guys, like Gordon Hayward and George Hill, were two of the guys who uh, gave them the biggest point differential, um, uh, the biggest plus-minus on the team. So it kind of sucks to see those two guys go. It kind of puts the Jazz into a, a tight spot. But on the upside, um, they did manage to acquire Ricky Rubio. So they'll have him and Rudy Gobert. Um, Beyond that, I think there was talks of another guy going to Utah. I can't remember who it was. But it just sucks because, you know, with Hayward there and and George Hill, they could be doing things next season. They could have filled the gaps with um, other players instead. But obviously it came down to the fact that Gordon Hayward's contract was up he went into free agency, and he was just kind of pulled in by by the Boston Celtics because the coach for them was his coach at Butler um, back in 2010 when Duke and Butler were at the national championship. I believe it was the national championship. I don't think it was the Final Four. Um, and like Gordon Hayward had the last second half court shot to try and win it, and it just like bounced off the backboard and then off the rim. It looked like it could have gone in, and so like. I watched this this special from the Players Tribune about it, and he's just like that's something that you always want to play over. You play it over in your head, 
over and over again. Like if I would have just done this differently or if I'd have done that differently. And so one of the things he mentioned in his Players Tribune article was that um, him and uh, Coach Stevens have have some uh, they have some unfinished business, and that he said that unfinished business is winning a championship. This time it'll be at the National Basketball Association level. So although it does suck that Gordon Hayward is has left Utah, you could tell he was making the best decision for his career and for his family. Um, I mean, let's face it. He's getting get paid $126 million over four years. So we were just talking about Steph Curry's numbers, $40.2 million a year for five years. That's crazy. Gordon Hayward's going to get paid $31.75-ish million a year. And I don't think Gordon Hayward's worth that much money. I'm sorry, but Steph Curry and Gordon, Gordon Hayward are two different people. Two different types of players. Um, although one thing I liked about Hayward last season was, like, after like he made his first NBA All Star game, which is really cool. Like that's sort of like a, a ceiling that he just broke through as a player. He managed to get to the All Star level, and after that, you could tell he had a newfound confidence in his game. He was dunking on people like crazy after the the All Star break. So that was really fun to watch, but now he's taking those talents to Boston where he's got Isaiah Thomas to pass in the ball. He's got people like Jay Crowder. Sounds like Jay Crowder may be on the move, but they have the tools around them. Obviously, they were the number one seed without Gordon Hayward, and all they've done is add to their arsenal. So it sucks that they lost, the Jazz lost him, but I'm excited. I mean, even as a Lakers fan, I'm excited to see uh, the, the Celtics do something, uh, hopefully beat the Cavs completely out in the playoffs next year um but not too fast though because those lakers (laughs) those lakers man they've got they've got some potential too of course we've thought that the last few years with their their first round picks and you know top or number two pick the last two years number one pick the year before that and but man we we got the big baller brands in the building (laughs) Oh, geez. I really, that'd be funny if he like, okay, it wouldn't be funny, but what if he rolled his ankle or something in his first game in in the big baller brand shoes? How, how ironic would that be? That would just be interesting. But obviously I want to see the, my Lakers do well. Um, Lakers picked up uh, Lonzo Ball, number two in the draft. Um, and I'm not going to lie, the, the entire night I was waiting for a Paul George trade. As a Lakers fan, the whole story about, off season and trades and everything has been acquiring Paul George. That's what's going to happen. We were all like sure it was going to happen, but um, lo and behold, at the end of the night, it hadn't happened. So, um, and there's a lot of talks after that that he might end up there, but then he uh, ended up going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But his contract—they just bought his contract out, and it's up in 2018. So maybe after next season, he'll end up in LA with Lonzo and. Uh, Oh, who's their point guard now? Ah, oh, crap. Let me look. Lakers point guard. Anybody know? Trivia. Well, I guess Lonzo Ball is technically a point guard, but oh, they picked up Tyler Ennis. That's who it is. And Jordan Clarkson, but Clarkson plays a two. I don't know. Lonzo Ball is a pretty big point guard, but I mean, the way he passes the ball, it'll it'll probably work out. I mean, they did get rid of D'Angelo Russell to make room for him in that position, so maybe that's their plan. 
Um, they haven't talked about putting him anywhere else. But not only do they get Lonzo Ball, though, they picked up Brooke Lopez in that in a, that trade with D'Angelo Russell. And the one place that the Lakers have always been really successful in, or like when they when they have successful seasons, they have really good big men. So Brooke Lopez is one of those guys. He can he can shoot the ball. He can shoot threes. So he stretches out the defense just that much more, um, which the, the Lakers haven't really had since Pau Gasol, I'd say. Pau could shoot the three sometimes, um, but when he did make it, it was kind of a surprise. Um, so with all that in mind, despite the fact that Lonzo Ball's dad is a tool, I'm rooting for Lonzo to help get the Lakers some wins this year, and you know Brooke Lopez will do some work along the way. But man, lots of basketball action, man. It's hard to keep on top of all that stuff. But I tell you what, there's a guy you need to follow on Twitter. Let me go get his, get his account because I feel like if you're a basketball person, you've got to have this guy um, on Twitter and you have to have your notifications turned on. I'm getting, I get notifications every time he tweets. So like when it's peak draft season or uh, when trades are supposed to go down, like trade deadline, he's the guy to pay attention to. Uh, it's, let me get there, Twitter. Um, let me just look for him. There he is. His name is Adrian Wojnarowski. People, he goes by Waj. And this guy is the real deal. So while I was doing this stream about 15 minutes ago, it says Jazz Celtics engage on Gordon Hayward's sign and trade for Jay Crowder. So there's a story there. Dion Waiters. Signed to a four-year, $52 million deal with the Miami Heat. Um, let's see what else. But, like, he just gives you, like, the rundown. Like, as things are happening, he's keeping you informed. And so I just get the tweets coming in, and I just read the notification on my phone, and I'm up to date like that on things like trades and whatnot. So you got to go find him. His, uh, if you're on Twitter, his handle is W-O-J-E-S-P-N. So Waj ESPN. And, I mean, Kobe follows this guy. He's got to be legit when Kobe follows him. Kobe only follows 317 people, and Waj is one of them. There's a fact for you. So you need to follow that guy. And I'm not even giving him a shout-out like he paid me or anything, <laughs> obviously. But I'm just, if you want to be informed in the NBA about trades and, and rumors and all that, he's the man. Not even rumors. Only facts. Um, so there you go. Well, with with that out of the way, um, all of the sports are covered today. Um, I feel like all the NBA stuff was really good. And now we got to move on to the weekly question. I'm actually going to start calling it the weekly Q&D. And that sounds like, what is that? The weekly Queen and Dairy? No, <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Too bad I can't cut that out of the podcast. Ugh. Um. But I'm calling it the weekly Q&D, meaning the weekly question and discussion, because it's not really a Q&A. It's not like I'm asking you guys a question and you're answering me. It kind of is, but it's more of like an open, open-ended thing, and I end up just kind of spitballing and going with it, and you guys give me feedback, and we keep going. So today we're talking about leadership, and this is a part of the, the segment of questions that surround the concept of the intangibles in sports. Um, we're more than halfway through the 10 tangibles now. Um, and, uh, just to give a recap on the ones we've already hit, let me pull it up on the site. It's abstractsports.com slash our story. Um, 
Go to the intangibles. And so far we've covered discipline, attitude, effort, development, support, and sportsmanship. So we have four more left, including the one we'll talk about today, which is leadership. And so the question sort of is, is like, where do you see leadership in sports? And, um, and then, uh, trying to relate leadership to real life. I mean, I think this one's like the, I call this one like the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> leadership is one of the biggest things in sports and in real life. Um, like if you want to be successful, you're going to be a leader for the most part. You're not going to be a follower. Um, and you know, following is good. You have to learn to follow in order to lead. Um, you got to be humbled every once in a while, but leadership shows up in all different areas of sports and it comes like, it goes from the top down. So, I mean, in terms of like the position you play on a team or the position that you uh, manage on a team, it's a big group effort. You can say it's teamwork, but for example, you've got the owner up top who has his own uh, thoughts and aspirations of what he thinks this company or organization should be company, meaning team. And that's a good way place right there where you can already translate over into real life. Because at the end of the day, a basketball team is a company and it's a, it's a business. And so you have the owner at the top, just like you would have an owner at a fortune 500 company or your local graphic design studio or whatever. There's somebody who runs the place. It's the owner. So they have to have leadership in the, in the decision-making and obviously they're funding everything that they do. Um, trying to make sure they're getting the most bang for their buck. Um, and they, they just kind of oversee all operations about that team. And you even think about when you think about a sports team, you think about the players and the coaches, you know, but what about the marketing team? What about the sponsors that, um, they can acquire to put on their stadium to help pay for things? Um, and the sponsors that help them do contests at halftime and, uh, the people they get to come and do halftime shows. So, it's a, it's just a big business. So the owner has his hands in a lot of those things, but then it trickles down to like the general manager, um, who makes a lot of, a lot more managerial decisions, obviously. And then you have, you know, chief of basketball operations where there are people, um, doing the scouting and reporting on players that they should be drafting. Um, then you have the coaching staff and then you've got players and assistant coaches, all that stuff. So leadership happens at every level in that spectrum. So the owner is sort of a part of a team. He is the leader of that team. And then you have, uh, for example, like basketball operations is the leader of all the coaches and the coaching staff. And then you go down to like the players and I, you think of like immediately LeBron James. He is the the perfect example of a leader. Um, when he's on the court, he is coaching. He's an on-court coach, if you, if you could. So he's he knows what the game plan is so well that he can tell the players what they need to be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. And uh, he also has that communication factor where he can just point on a court, give a hand signal, and then they'll run a play, um, like literally leading them to two score points. So you see it at all levels. And then you can try to think about it in baseball. It's the exact same thing. Um, uh, well, let's, let's look at it in football first. So, the person you think of mostly as the leader on a football team is the quarterback. And Jason and I were having a conversation, well, sort of having a conversation. He mentioned that Peyton Manning is the GOAT, and in his opinion, he's the GOAT. And what I was saying at that time in this podcast was that, you know, the quarterback is the one that gets the most attention because he, he has to know the entire, well, everybody has to know the playbook, right? 
but the quarterback has to know every in and out about the playbook so they can audible out of it into something else that's going to be better for the defense that's being played against them. And that type of leadership is what really can set a, a team apart um, from the rest. A quarterback that can call audibles to destroy a defense, that is the ultimate type of leadership because you're making the decision to call out of that play that the coach is initially called. And um, so you're taking their leadership and then you're like you're twisting it upon your own with your own knowledge and your own IQ of the game. Um, again, it's totally different being on the field than it is being on the sidelines. So um, it's just really interesting where leadership shows up. Um, and I would even go as far as to say, like, for example, uh, a bench player in the NFL or in the NBA, any sport really, somebody who's a, a role player that um, they're there mostly to help, like you know, they practice with the stars on the team. They're a part of the bigger goal and effort to win a championship. I would consider that to be a leadership role as well. You know, there's a few guys on a team who maybe don't play a whole lot. One of them is probably a leader of that subgroup of players to keep them on track and helping them uh, know how to further develop the players on the team than just them. So, man, it's just it's everywhere. And then you look at it in a company, for example, I mean, like you have, you also have to take it leadership in what you do personally. So I already made the analogy of like the owners, managers, employees, or players. And then you get down to like yourself, you have to take leadership in what you do personally, if you want to advance your career. So for me, it's like, I've got to make sure that I'm on top of my game. So I do research as often as I can. And I'm always practicing the skills that I do at work in my free time to try and help get uh, to get better at that more efficient. And then um, when I go to work and I'm doing those using those same skills, it's going quicker and we're making more money. So um, there's leadership on the individual level, subgroup level, team level, and overall level um, in terms of managers and owners and things of that sort. But like, there's so much that goes on in a, in a basketball or a football or any sports organization that we don't see. Like, well, we see it, but we don't think about it. Like the marketing team, I think about them because that's where I would be. Um, I know that they play a big role in terms of letting people know when events are happening, putting together cool events and contests for uh, engaging with the community um, and hiring those, um, getting those volunteers and those leaders within the community to help lead these events. So it's leadership is huge. And I, I definitely encourage you to think about where you can, where, where do you think you are a leader in, in what you do? And where do you think you, what do you want to do as a leader? Um, I think those are good questions to ask because it can help um, make you think critically of yourself and, and uh, improve upon your own way of doing things and in better or in turn helping out your team, whatever team that is. So there you go. That's the weekly QND question and discussion, not Queen and Dairy. Um, <laughs> but next week's QND is going to be teamwork. Talking about, no, that's, yeah, that's right, teamwork. I mentioned teamwork when I was talking about leadership. What do you know? The overlap still exists. Um, so feel free to send me what you think about teamwork in sports. Uh, where do you see it in sports? What types of things uh, have you seen that sort of cue you in as a teamwork element? Um, and, uh, then next podcast next week, hopefully we will, uh, talk about that a little bit and I'll give you my, my two cents, but 
that's pretty much all I've got. It's got a couple of quick announcements. Um, the t-shirts that I purchased for the abstract sports giveaway, the first one that we've done, uh, it, I got an email saying that the shirts have been shipped. Um, they're coming to Idaho Falls from Salt Lake City. Uh, it says that they should be delivered within 19 days. And I'm like, Salt Lake. Like, man, I should have just said I'll go pick them up and then I'll just make a day trip out of it. But I should be getting those, I would think, in about a week, week and a half, mid middle of the month somewhere. But the weird thing is I tried calling the company to just get an update on it and see see if, you know, if they actually receive my order. I mean, I got the confirmation email and everything, but you can very easily just have your site turned on, but, um, and letting people know that things are being done because it's all automated. Um, but then the company could actually not be in, in existence. I like, I looked at their Facebook and their Twitter and every, like their social media stuff. And they had, hadn't posted anything since like September of 2016. So a year ago. And I don't know why I didn't think of that before, Cause that was a quick turnoff for me. I'm like, Oh crap. I got to give them a call now and make sure they're still in business. So <laughs> I never got a hold of them. They didn't answer their phone. Their voicemail does say that they are the t-shirt company that I ordered them through. Um, and so, uh, I'm hoping that I get them. I'll try calling them again, uh, and maybe leave them a voicemail and be like, Hey guys, uh, I sure hope that my shirts are on the way. Like they say they are. <laughs> um, so that's something to look forward to. I can give Micah his, uh, his t-shirt for, uh, winning that contest. And then, uh, also before we go, I just today, um, I went and dropped some money on some shoes and I figured, you know, like shoes are a big part in sports and, and, uh, I'm going to be using these for running. I don't, I mentioned the 5k that I ran in on the 4th of July with my wife and it was a ton of fun. And what do you know? My running shoes blew out. (laughs) in that crazy active day that I had playing volleyball and running the 5k and all that. Uh, plus I'd had the shoes for like a year and a half. They were like Nike, um, free trainer 5.0s. And they were like really cool camouflage neon blue, green, and yellow. Um, really bright, but I wanted to go for something a little more neutral. So these are the shoes I will show you. This is not a paid advertisement. I just like these shoes. (laughs) So, they are called the Nike Zoom Pegasus 33s. They're last year's model. Um, I tried them on, and obviously the most important thing with really anything you wear is going to be whether it's comfortable or not, um, but also what is it going to be used for. So like I, when I shop for basketball shoes, they've got to be comfortable, and they've got to have good traction. So I have to be able to try them on, if you know, hopefully, or if I get a good deal on them, maybe I'll just buy them. But um, the guy that I bought him or the store I bought him at, I'm not going to say the store's name just cause that's weird. But he asked me if I was going to be doing like indoor or outdoor running. And I was like, probably more outdoor. And I, I said that mostly because, you know, just in case I decide to wear them around. Um, and so he suggested these ones because they have like a, like a much harder bottom to them. Whereas some running shoes have like really soft, like shapes that like you can bend the bottom more easily. Well, this is good for like running on a street, you know, a flat, concrete surface so it's it's a lot harder than the other ones that i had um i could show you those but they're not near me that would have been a good idea but i might be going on a run tonight we'll see what happens but do you guys think i should do a product review on these bad boys what do you think because i figured like i could use them for a little bit do like an intro video and then later on i can put up a video on youtube about them and 
just be like, hey, I use these. You should use them too. I don't know. I think that'd be informational and, and, and helpful for people who like to run. But anyways, those are my niches. Uh, I don't care if you like them or not. I like them. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, if you're listening to this on Facebook or watching this on Facebook from the, the live stream, just know that you can also find this on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, any of your favorite outlets for podcasts. Uh, drop a comment. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know how you think how you feel about our content uh, and the podcast in general. Feedback's always good, whether positive or negative. It helps us get better at what we do. Uh, follow us here at Facebook. Like our page, facebook.com slash abstractsports. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Also, just abstractsports. That's the handle. Um, and one quick thing before we go, I wanted to mention, if you are interested in doing a podcast, if you if you know baseball and you know or you know football, you know hockey, soccer, whatever it is. If you have a sport that you enjoy, you follow, you feel like you're up to date on all the current events and stuff, uh, and you're interested in talking about it and you want to do a podcast, please reach out to me. Um, I can give you the details on how that might go go about, um, what that might entail, uh, the type of work it requires. But honestly, it's really not that hard. You could turn on your phone, your your phone recorder, and just start talking. The best thing you can do is have an outline and just go for it. So if you're interested in that, let me know and uh, I can hook you up with the technology necessary. And what I mean by that is if you send me the file, I will upload it and put it up there, credit you for your work and everything. Uh, so if you have a Twitter, a Facebook page, um, you know, Instagram, whatever links you want, uh, if you're going to be creating content for abstract sports like that, you deserve a call out. So uh, get in touch with me. Um, you can find us just abstract sports on Twitter, or you can tweet at me personally at Kyle Clay Design. Uh, send me an email, whatever it is. You, you know how to you know how to use the internet. Get a hold of me. Um, but that's all I've got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. It was nice talking to you guys that came through for a little bit. Uh, my name is Kyle Richards, and you just listened to the Abstract Sports Podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday.